Hello and welcome to Audio Biography, where today we finally talk about the Beatles. Anybody that knows me knows very well that I'm a pretty much a fanatic about the Beatles, and it's probably to the point of being uh, annoying. So it's weird that it's taken this long to get this episode out. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I didn't have the right person, but now I feel like I finally do. I've got a really good friend that uh, we've known each other for, gosh darn, near 20 it's got to it be getting that long? it's getting close right i think so yeah so uh yeah long time friend and fellow beatles crazed person clint yes. what's up man thanks for having me on rich and it has been 20 years yeah that sounds about right Two thousand. yeah god I, I don't even <laughs> do not even know where the time's gone that's crazy uh, no. yeah so um what we're specifically going to talk about today is the rubber soul album and the plan is to go from here through all the all the following albums up to Abbey Road. Maybe we'll do Let It Be as well. Um, probably will. I mean, it's, I mean, it's worth. I think that's got enough good stuff to go through. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be a work in progress because Clint moved away. It's not that far away. <laughs> he I did move away though. Yeah. yeah. He hails from the great state of Ohio now. Now, yes. Yeah. 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 You're a Yankee-ish. It's not. Listen, if you go to Ohio, it's not the North. It's the Midwest. Okay, seriously. There's a lot of people there, like like here in Tennessee, aren't there? Absolutely. Well, you know they talk about Pennsylvania, they, the Pennsylvania. Have you heard this term? Yes, in Ohio? I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, seriously, you go to Kentucky, like Northern Kentucky, right where Cincinnati is. Northern Kentucky should be its own state, yeah. and then then you enter Ohio, and you know, and, and it's not that much different than Northern Kentucky. So anyway, it okay. all blends together, man. Okay, so it wasn't too bad of a culture shock for you, was it? It's nah. still a it's it's a red state right now, just like we are. I know. Well, hopefully that's going to change. Yeah, y'all might make it blue. Yeah, I'm I'm helping. Yeah, so we're <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about Rubber Soul today, and we're going to um, eventually go to Revolver and Sergeant Pepper and White and abbey road and let it be and then we may go back and pick up some of the earlier stuff but we decided after a night sitting on the front porch a month or so ago mm -hmm. that we were going to do this and that we we're going to start at rubber soul so that's why we're doing it um it just happens to be one of our favorite albums along with some of the ones that are going to follow i think it's a good because about the time they did rubber soul it's when they stopped touring or they were getting toward the end of touring right um, so I think that's yeah. It was sixty five and late sixty five, and then they stopped in sixty six, and that's right. And really started to kind of um, do a, a little bit more with their their sound and and everything. And matter of fact, like one of the things is you know, so this album is preceded by Help. It's followed by Revolver, and this album, it's uh, you know, in hindsight, you can look at it, and they got their foot in both, right? So like, right? Like yeah, a lot of this album is from the help and previous days and then you got revolver where you know this some of the songs here started to reach out there right absolutely yeah um yeah i mean you i was reading some things where it talks about wanting to go from you know help was still single centered yeah right they're they're worried about releasing singles but they started making rubber soul and i think that's when because they're getting toward the end of being tired of being doing tours, wanting to really create something different with an album. And there are a lot, I mean, the, the funny thing is there's lots of singles on rubber soul, right? 
but they're trying their best to get away from that. Yeah, and um, is this also like was it this one or help? I think it was this one where no covers, right? These are all. This is the first one that's all their songs. I think y'all can fact check me out there. I don't, you know, the only I, one I would fact check on is what goes on. But you, we were talking about that one earlier. Yeah, um, I'm thinking this is the first one with no covers. But well, I think you're right. But uh, again, they were coming into their own right here. Yeah, I mean, this is when the Beatles really started to be the Beatles. Um, so before we really get into Rubber Soul. Um, I want to ask you, and then I'll answer it too. Uh, I want to know because it's the first Beatles episode that I've done, first episode you've ever done ever on a podcast, right? And since it's about the Beatles, um, when did you discover the Beatles? When did you become a fan? Like, is there a a story, like a a moment, or just what what's the story? So, I have to. So I have to start the story out. This it starts. It's going to start out in a negative tone. Because that's cool. Yeah, that's, it's your audio biography, that's dude. Right. That's what this. That's what this show. That's what it's about. And and your audio biography is what it is. And sometimes it's it evolves. Right. So um, I'll go ahead. Disclaimer: Just like you, Rich, the Beatles are my favorite band. They will always be my favorite band. I can always go back to them and identify with. <clears throat> anything at any point in time i can actually listen to a song and pinpoint it to a moment in my life and it's just you know the, that's just a magical thing about them is that you know i'm i'm almost 40 and then by the time you know when i was the year i was born john lennon was murdered and they were not the beatles for 10 10 plus years exactly already. but it's just it's just unbelievable just to think about that so Okay, let let me answer the question first. So I remember um, this girl I had a crush on in high school, and you know how high school crushes go. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I was very different in high school. I was, you know, uh, what they would call husky, and <laughs> and not good with the ladies. And um, but my God, I had such a crush on this girl, and she was a big Beatles fan. I'm not gonna say her name, but she was a big Beatles fan, and it's like. Because I had a crush on her and she didn't reciprocate that, I held it, like I held it against the Beatles. I, I it's like oh, no, oh. I don't want to listen to them. I'm not gonna no, their music's crap. I'm into Led Zeppelin. I'm into the Eagles. I'm into you know wherever the hell else. Stone Temple Pilots. I don't care about your Beatles. Right. That's crap. You broke my heart. I, exactly right. So I, I associate that with that. Um, but. Um, and hanging out with uh, one of my old friends, Hoosh. Um, Hoosh. Hoosh. Yeah. Um, it was just the red, the red greatest hits album. Yeah. You know, just the hits, right? But he was listening to that, and I'm like, you know, this is not too bad. And I, I think I was about 17 or 18 at the time. And I, I remember that being really the first thing I started listening to. And then I listened to the Blue album. Or maybe... I th- I'm pretty sure it was the red album first, but then the blue album blew your mind. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Um, and yeah, it's like, man, this is so cheesy. You started your Beatles journey with the greatest hits, but I think so many. Uh, no, I, I think so many people get introduced to the Beatles through that way. So absolutely. So we can't. 
I can't disparage any greatest hits album because of that, right? Yeah. It's what drew me in. But I just remember being 18 and having my headphones on, sitting in my room. Um, you know, I think I was working – hell, I think I was working at SPS at the time. And, and I would work, and then I just want to come really, home. Really? Right before you met me? Exactly. Right before yeah. I started working at Charter and met you. Um, I just remember a lot of nights of sitting in my room at the computer, at my desk, had my headphones on, and just listening to that red album. Yeah. And listening to that blue album. Yeah. And then I remember, I just remember this vividly. Um, my sister, she's uh, two, three years younger than me. When I was a senior, she was a freshman. And when I graduated, she got to go on a chorus trip to New York City. <laughs> my dad and I went as quote-unquote chaperones. All right. So, you know, that was a good trip to New York City. But um, I remember having a big, you know, folder of CDs, all my CDs, and it had every damn Beatles album by that time. But by the time from 18 to 19, I had bought every damn one of them. Awesome. And um, I just remember this kid. He wasn't a kid. I mean, he was only one year younger than me, but he was a friend I used to play baseball with. And uh, we be we get on the bus, you know. You know, when you're work with a big group, you gotta get everybody together. You get on the bus, everybody's gotta get accounted for, and getting ready to get cranked up to go somewhere. He's like, "All right, I need to borrow Let It Be." I'm like, "Okay." He goes, <laughs> "I need to listen to two of us because every time I listen to that song, I'm gonna get ramped up for the trip." So yeah, that's why we need to listen. To let, we need to talk about Let It Be mm. later, but. I remember that, and it's just like, it, it's a random story that doesn't mean anything, but it sticks in my mind no, about but that it song. Means, but it means everything, because you attach something to that song now. Yeah, and, so... And not only that specific memory, but, yeah. And, you know, I had the CD. It's like, before you... you there's an evolution you get through and listen to music, and I hope I teach my kids this to digest the whole album... But I think that's just something you learn as you go on. You do, yeah. But, like, I would listen to the Let It Be CD, but I didn't appreciate two of us till he pointed it out. Hey, this is a great song. You should listen to this. So that's always stuck out in my mind. also just remember that trip of just really discovering the White Album and just digesting it. And that just I hear the songs, and I remember being on that bus. Yeah. Riding. Yeah. So – it's a weird memory, but it's always going to stick with me. Right. But it's a good one. Yeah. Obviously. I, it is a good. It takes me back to a good place. Yeah, so. you and your dad and your sister on a on a, on a trip and the Beatles. <laughs> I, right. The Beatles can fit in anywhere, yeah. anytime. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so that was like mid-late 90s, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. 99. Yeah. That. Yeah. It, that, I actually got to see the World Trade Center before it came down. So oh, okay. Very cool. But... Um, yeah, then and then you know, shortly after that, you know, digest every yeah. album. Yeah, and then I met you like two thousand one, two thousand, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know over the years we've uh, we've talked about the Beatles and just kind of touched on it. But like we we, it's funny. I I, I don't talk. I for years I didn't talk to a lot of people about the Beatles. It was kind of like my thing, just like my thing. Right. Yeah. Like I didn't really like jump out there and because I, I, you know, I don't know. It's like, um, 
you, you wonder if people are like, well, why do you like them or, or whatever? But you know, it's like uh, it's I grew up sacred, right? It is. Uh, that's that's a good way to say it. And just as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little more out there with like I'm almost an evangelist now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I think part of that is raising my kids. And you know, you've got younger kids now, and so you're raising Six and kids. Four, and so, yeah. yeah. So I'm. I've raised kids and and I've kind of tried to pass on my music stuff to them and like you know like the girls have been on the the podcast before I don't think the boys ever will be but I've mm. you know I've I've kind of been a an evangelist inside my my house and now I'm just it's funny I meet people that are like my age which I'm you know pushing 50 now I meet people that are my age um you know born just after the Beatles broke up that don't even really know Beatles songs or, or, or don't understand or realize what, what it, what the Beatles mean to music, at least popular music and rock and roll, even, even hip hop. You can name any popular format right now, any, and you can find the Beatles fingerprints on it. Oh yeah. And, and I, and I try, I try my best to show people what, why that is and, and where it is because, I don't know. It's just I love them so much that it's important to me. So no, I mean I I feel the same way. Yeah. So I mean I grew up. So I'm I'm a little bit older than you. And so yeah, I was born in '72. So the Beatles were already done. But I'm I I still grew up with rock and roll parents, and I know I was hearing the Beatles when I was growing up because, you know, they were they were somewhat fans, not like I am now. But I heard a lot of Led Zeppelin growing up, and right. I heard a lot of AM singer songwriter am radio stuff and you know the eagles you mentioned the eagles oh, yeah. i mean i you know if, if if i could point out any band that i heard a ton growing up it was the beatles because that was the one band both my parents right liked. yeah like like they you know you know dad's over here liking led zeppelin and mom's over here listening to Rin, linda ronstadt so they meet they meet <laughs> they, they, they can meet can, in the middle of the eagles yeah pretty much that's that eagles the, and fleetwood mac probably mom was huge fleetwood mac yes right. yeah so that's kind of the middle um my my first Beatles memory though, clear as day, uh, second grade. So I'm seven years old. Um, my second grade teacher, her name's Miss Shipley. Yeah, I've heard you talk. Yeah, I've heard you talk. She about still her. she still teaches. That's awesome. Yeah, and we're friends on Facebook, and we send Beatles stuff to each other <laughs> all the time. And here's why: because she was a huge Beatles fan. So this is like 1979, and I I distinctly remember her playing Yellow Submarine in the classroom and teaching us the words to sing along <laughs> and knowing her and, and just all that I've learned about her as an adult, there's no way that's the only, the only song that she ever played for us. Like I'm sure there was lots of Beatles songs. She had lots of posters. There was, I, I remember the uh, yellow submarine poster on her wall. That's awesome. In the second grade class. And so th that's my first real memory. And I will, always credit her as introducing me to the Beatles. Now, a year or so later, one of my mom's friends gave um, me and my brother like this box full of 45 records and a little, like a little suitcase record player. Yeah, yeah. And in there, uh, or I wish I could go back and look at that box of records again because just the things that I can remember are awesome. There was like a Good Vibrations single by oh, Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. And, um, but the one that I remember was uh, My Love by Paul McCartney. Yeah. And 
I re- you know, <laughs> that is such a cheesy song. And it's not even one of his best. And, like, he gets to the chorus and, and can't even come up with words. And it's just, whoa, 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 whoa. It's you know. Paul freaking McCartney. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> He's earned that right. But I love the song. I, I don't yeah, even I like remember. I, I, I could go look it up. I don't know what was on the B side of that one. Anyway, some somehow, some way, I put it together that Paul McCartney <laughs> was also in the Beatles. <laughs> right. Uh so this is probably like not. This is like the year you were born. Actually. Right? Yeah, you're this talking like about seventy nine, eighty. Yeah, this is like the year that you were born. So that's. So then I started putting that together, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's those Yellow Submarine, and yeah, I like I like those guys. That's that's good, and and so just 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 from there, um, I'm I'm about to hit middle school, and I'm starting to like really figure you know figure things out. Oh yeah. And so then you know, and then Paul McCartney's you know. Ebony and Ivory, and then he does a thing with Michael Jackson, and he's all over MTV, and um, that's when I start to really, uh, I'm, I'm asking my dad about the Beatles at this point because, oh man, that's cool. Yeah, because I'm like, um, I know Paul McCartney was a Beatle, and I know the Beatles, they're important, or, or they're like a big deal. They were a big deal, weren't they? <laughs> he, <laughs> he probably just laughed. I don't yeah. like you just did. Like I, you know, I don't know. It was before I was born, so that was yeah, that was. That was how I got in, and then just all the years later, and I've got another story that I'm going to wait to tell as we kind of start going through some of these songs that also help solidify a little bit more of my my Beatles love. But uh, yeah, cool. It's it's that's awesome to like share each other's story about how we met the Beatles. Like, you know, it's not as it's like meeting an old friend, and we're just sharing stories about the same friend. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. I, I like how you, yeah, I like how you said that. Um, so I'll just start with just like let me just start with, out with, with like a few stats or whatever you want to call them. Okay. Um, so we're talking about Rubber Soul. Um, I found different dates, but the one that I settled on that I thought was correct is uh, re- it was recorded, and this is amazing to me. It was recorded. Um, October 12th through November 15th in 65. And it was released December 3rd, 1965. Okay, okay, stop. They recorded it in one month. One month and then released it. Mixed it for a month. Not even Less than a month. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, how long does it take to do an album now? Oh, freaking forever. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's unbelievable. It takes a couple of years. Yeah, that that blows my mind. And of course, that that December third date is the EMI uh, Parlophone UK and everywhere else release, which is the one that we're going to talk. We're not going to talk about the capital US. We're I'm going to get into that. Oh, okay. I know what you're going to get into. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But that's that's pretty much. Of course, George Martin was the producer. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, it was preceded by Help, followed by Revolver. Um. I found this. Uh, I found this quote from Paul McCartney before we uh, go too much further. It's like he says in October 1965, we started to record the album. Things were changing. The direction was moving away from the poppy stuff, like "Thank You, Girl," "From Me to You," and "She Loves You." The early material was directly relating to our fans saying, "Please buy this record." But now we'd come to a point where we thought we've done that. Now we can branch out into songs that are more surreal, a little more entertaining. And other people were starting to arrive on the scene who were influential. Uh, Dylan yeah. was influencing uh, us quite heavily at that point. And that's Paul McCartney. That was from Anthology. Have you seen Anthology? Yeah, I, 
that's another memory. But yeah, I've seen okay. anthology many times. Yeah, me too. Um, so you, you may kind of remember that a little bit when he was actually talking. I didn't do it in the way that he talks. I actually thought about trying to do my McCartney, but like there's like the quotes are too long and I'll get lost. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still tell you, Dana Carvey does the best Paul McCartney. You just gotta listen to it. Yeah, yeah, he does. He 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 does a good Liverpool accent. Of course, yeah. you know it's funny. McCartney and Lennon's are completely different. Well, he, the only difference is Lennon was so nasal, but it was still kind of the yeah. same accent. Yeah, Lennon's just, definitely nasally. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought about trying to do some of these quotes in their voices, but I'm just not even. We're gonna, not gonna. We're not gonna do. Not it gonna go there. Yeah. All right. So yeah, rubber soul. So before we ever start going through too much, um, like like high level, like uh, like uh, two or three sentences before we start. Two or three high level sentences on rubber soul. I'll let you go first. All right. Well, one point. Um, maybe five or seven years ago. Nah, it's probably longer than that. Let's go 15 years ago. I would have put Rubber Soul as my favorite album, but favorite Beatles album. I would have probably too. But um, that's not true today. Just, you know, we evolve, our taste evolve. Yeah. And as you, and actually with them going back and re, and, and doing these remasters, um, which are really, really done very well. I, oh, yeah. I, um, that's kind of changed my perspective a I little bit. I wish we'd have got a 50th anniversary of this one. Like we should have. Others, but, we, but at least we have the two thousand, like the 2009 mono and stereo box sets. But okay. I, I don't even know about that, but okay. Um, but um, I can identify with this album. It's always... I really enjoy just preparing for this to talk about it. Um, I love going back and just listening to the album all the way through. Yeah. Um, I think it starts out tremendously. It kind of wanes for me a little bit in the middle, but then finishes really strong. And the in the end of the album, I think is really underrated. I think it finishes strong. It it is songs that people, a lot of people that just know the greatest hits probably have never really even heard. Well, a lot of the songs on this album, at least in the States, like we were talking about singles before. Yeah. Um, they weren't really chart high charters. They No, you're right. You're um, right. The big charters in this era, you know, this this was accompanied by the double A side, Day Tripper and, and We Can Work It Out. Oh, that's right. Did that, those, come, did that come right before Rubber Soul was released? It, I, you know, I didn't look close enough. I, th I think was, you're right. They were pretty much a, uh, this, almost the same time. I think they issued that and then the because album. they were still they were still in that mode of the singles, right? Which is what most of the first you know four or five years were. Yeah, that's a really good point because after this album, they released Paperback Rider and Rain on that single, right? And then Sergeant Pepper, you got the double A side. They always did that. Uh, <laughs> Strawberry Fields and Penny. Yeah. yeah. The greatest ever. Good gosh. This is a good one, too, right? Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Absolutely. I guess my biggest takeaway on Rubber Soul, as, as like with you, this, this past week or so when I've been like listening more, I, I've not listened to Rubber Soul this much in a long time. Right, yeah. Which, is, which was, it was odd. It was like, uh, it was like 
meeting up with an with an old friend again right <laughs> because because i've been you know like the last three years we've had the 50th anniversary of abbey road this year last year was the white album yeah. the year before was sergeant pepper so yeah. i've been really into those deluxe releases and all that kind of stuff and so i've not listened to rubber soul much um i think the thing that struck me the most if i'm if i'm looking at it from like you know from a, down from an airplane is man this is to me um, when John Lennon was really, really at the top of his game. I mean, he – he. T- uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Paul has some great songs on here. Uh, and George, man, uh, we'll get into it later. Yeah. But this is like John Lennon, like, like really showing out. I mean, to me. Yeah. And I, I, I know in the past you were a Lennon guy – I think, and yeah. I don't know what you are now. No, I'm definitely all Paul. Okay, but yeah, in the beginning, I was more John Lennon. That's what I thought from like years right. ago when we talked. I no, thought you're that's, right. that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. and to me, this is this is a this is Lennon uh, at his best. Like like he was really hitting some some really high marks for me. Um, and again, the other thing is. The, the amazing thing of this one being between those other two albums and like one foot in one and one foot in the other. It's just like, you can, you can totally just see the transition right here. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been, how cool would it have been just to be sitting? I mean, I think from George Martin's perspective and you have to give him credit, even as an older guy working with these young kids. And let's think about this for a second. The oldest Beatle at this time was 25. Let's see, 1965, John was born in 40, 40, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, or was he born in 41? Anyway, 24, 25, yeah. I think, no, I think he was born in 1940, I think. I think you're right. But, you know, just, but the, the point I wanted to make about George Barton is that he let these guys grow. He, he let them, he gave them the space to stretch out and find their sound. And he was willing to try some weird stuff that they wanted to do. Because in this album, this album was the beginning of a few weird, weird things they tried recording. And then Revolver, they just went. Oh, yeah. They started going off the rails. And then you have Sgt. Pepper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Ringo was born in 40. He's the oldest. Okay, that's what I thought. And Ringo was the oldest, and John, and then 41, Paul, and then Paul George. was 42, and then George is the youngest. Okay, yeah. okay. I was trying to get it all straight in my head. Um, it's funny. Ringo always felt like the youngest, right? He, he kind of felt like because he was kind of a clown, right? Yeah, so, yeah. He just he's there for comic relief. Yeah, but he was the oldest guy. So yeah, so the title of this album, Rubber Soul. It's like um, you you probably know this, and you probably look it up, but. Mm. Um, it's 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 kind of a play on the whole English soul thing, um, which is English soul is a thing that still goes on today, and um, so it's 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 a variant of plastic soul, which um, you know even in the seventies when Bowie did a couple of R and B type albums, he called his plastic soul because it it was soul but it wasn't quite Motown, it wasn't quite you know united states you know like african-american black music it was right. their version and so there's kind of a play there so 
And then the rubber, you know, of course, the rubber part is, you know, like plain on plastic. But I read a thing about which I really kind of like, and it's like, you know, the Stones were their contemporaries, but also like they were really good friends. Yeah, the Pe- whole people forget how good of friends they were. But it was, but but I read somewhere, I'm not quite sure. Uh, oh, I know what it was, and I, hang on, I've got the quote. Paul McCartney. Part of this was it was almost like like the rubber sole of a boot, like putting yes, a, that's what I've heard. I know putting okay. a northern stamp on this English sole to kind of to kind of you know like dig a little bit at the stones. And so yeah, Paul McCartney said, I think the title "Rubber Sole" came from a comment on an old blues guy said of Jagger. I've heard some outtakes of us doing I'm Down, and at the front of it, I'm chatting on uh, about Mick. I'm saying how I just read about an old bloke in the States who said, Mick Jagger, man. Well, you know they're good, but it's Plastic Soul. So Plastic Soul was, you know, and that's what Paul says in Anthology. But then the whole play on words is it's, it is a dig. Like, like, yeah, we're from Liverpool. You guys were from London. We're putting our liverpool thing on it here so yeah and there's well, a lot of soul in this album a yeah lot. the Beatles. the beatles are really good about a play on words so oh yeah that's totally in character yeah so i remember when i was younger like i just oh it's a cool name yeah like all the years later i was like i don't it's funny how you get a little older and you want to know why things are oh yeah um yeah, you don't really appreciate that when you're younger. It, it, yeah, I, I've enjoyed so going back, listening to the album, and then even you know breaking my Paul McCartney uh, biography back out. Um, it's every song has a story, and this band, you and I have talked. It's the most story band ever. So every oh, the, yeah. fa- the fact that every song has a story behind it, and I mean this is true with any artist, but it's the Beatles. It just feels more, just something you can grab onto and you want to sink into and you want to just immerse yourself into. Yeah, yeah. So along with the title, there's like that cool cover. Do you you, you know the story <laughs> on that? No, but uh, <laughs> so. I mean to me when I look at the cover, I just laugh because they're like. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so what happened there was, you know, there was this photographer named Bob Freeman, and I actually knew who he was before I ever looked it up because he he did lots of photography, rock and roll photography. Oh, really? Okay. So the way – you know how the cover's got that stretched out look and like kind of like – whatever you want to call that. They're like kind of elongated a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. it's not over exaggerated, but I I get the effect. Yeah, so he was he had he had done the pic he had done the photo and he was projecting it onto like an L, LP sized piece of cardboard. Yeah, and so while they're looking at it, um, the board fell back just a little bit, like at an angle, and yeah. and that obviously with the perspective stretched it out, and they just went nuts over it. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Can you can you print it that way? It was a complete accident. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, pretty cool, right? I mean, only the Beatles. That was not my comment. My comment was, they just smoked a ton of pot. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. And then as we start talking about these songs a little bit, there's, there's, you know, this is when they, th- this is when they went into their marijuana phase. Definitely. And, and kind of started into LSD a little bit. 
but not not a ton. But not a ton. But right. this was this is really the this was really the like the weed phase. Yeah. This is before they got into the the bigger, you know, more hallucinogens and acid and you know, right. going on trips. But right. Uh, yeah. It it looks you know like I've <laughs> I've got I got a little picture of it on my screen here that you can't see and yeah it's like yeah they, these dudes just smoke some doobies. They just got out of the van. Yeah. And like uh, we got to take a picture. It's one of my favorite Beatles covers. Yeah, it's great. Well, my favorite's Revolver, but yeah, I love that. My favorite is Revolver too, but yeah. I love this one. It's yeah. good. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll talk about that cover a lot probably when we get there's, to that. There's a lot to dig into on that yeah. one. Yeah, but this is a really cool cover. Um, just it's another cover with their faces. I mean, up until this point, I think I think they they were on all the covers. every album up to yeah. that point. Uh, then Revolver, technically, yes. I mean, well, I guess White Album. The right? only album that they'll have their picture on is the White Album. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I just, it's a cool cover, so I wanted to make sure that we missed. Uh, is, there, did, is there a picture on Magical that. Mystery Tour? Oh. See, we haven't even there, there. We haven't talked about that, but it's, it's not, not really, really an album. It's we'll not get really into canon. That. We yeah. should probably cover that, though. We may. All right. We'll see. It's just not like canon, canon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a good point. But we could still, no, we could still. We can do whatever we want. It's your it's your podcast, Rich. Uh, we can do whatever we want. Okay, all right. So um, before we start going through the list, um, so there, you know, the UK release we talked about that. There was also a North American release. So the track list for the UK and pretty much everywhere, but here in the United States with cap the Capital label. Oh yeah. You know it was Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood. You won't see me nowhere, man. Think for yourself. The word, Michelle. What goes on, girl? I'm looking through you in my life. Wait, if I needed someone, and run for your life. So, the North American release, which I actually have a. We may look at it later. I've okay. Got, I've got an original pressing of the Capital North American release. I've seen. I've just seen a face. What? Norwegian wood. You won't see me. Think for yourself. The word, Michelle. It's only love, girl. I'm looking through you. In my life, wait and run for your life. So they mixed up. So you weird songs from Help. Not weird songs, but just a couple songs from Help. Correct. Because they weren't on the North American Help release, so they got moved here. Really? Drive my car. Nowhere, man. What goes on, and if I needed someone or not on the the why would U.S. release? Why would they? They put us? them. They moved them the same year to um, the the album Yesterday and Today, yes. which I have you also have, have. I'll show. Oh my I'll, show gosh. It, I'll show it to you. That's so awesome. I've, so I've got it. I've a lot of the Beatles stuff that I have. I got from somebody, and it was all, you know, they bought it here, so they don't have. Right. They don't. They don't have what we consider the real version, right? It's the the but American. But that's like version. cool. It's like you know you don't see that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got both of those. Well, I'll I'll let you check that. All out. right. Yeah, that's awesome. So um yeah and and you know it, with Capital and in the United States they did this a lot with their with their release like like you just pointed out like there was some stuff that was on Help right that ends up on this album in the United States. I just find that odd. Yep. To me, like the uh, if I don't listen to an album, I get upset. <laughs> I'm very OCD when it comes to I got if I was going to digest an album, yep. I want the album as it originally yep. so intended. It's, yeah, so it's um, it's I've just seen a face, and it's only love that 
from help from help that were cut from the U.S. release of help. Those are great songs. Yeah. Dang. Well, they eventually got to to the yeah, states just on I mean, different and records. And then the other songs were on yesterday and today. Yeah. It's just odd. I know, it's weird. It it yeah. I again, nobody cared about long plays. Nobody cared about LPs then. They really didn't. They 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 were buying their forty fives, right? It yeah. was it was all about forty fives. Um it's really the, interesting. The Beatles ushered in the whole really with maybe some help from some other people, but they yeah. they were basically the ones that gave us what we now know as an album. If you really, really, really good think point. about it, I mean, especially by the time you get to Revolver and Sergeant Pepper, I mean, they really kind of brought that concept in. And then after that, then you get in the early 70s, and it's all about the album. This is true. And that's when album-oriented rock gets its start, and your James Taylors and Carol Kings and all the songwriters, and they weren't they were just releasing records, and... Then Led Zeppelin. It was all about the records. Absolutely. So yeah, they they blazed that trail too. Now People we're back. Just don't know even know how. To <laughs> it's funny now we're now with streaming we're back to singles. I, well, some of us are. <laughs> yeah, some of us. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that's the, the differences. Uh, well, we're definitely we're we're going through the UK version. So okay. All right, man. So um, with that, we will. Uh, we'll start with side one. First track is Drive My Car. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start. What, what, what kind of thoughts you got there? So, I have to be honest with you, it's not my favorite Beatles song. Um, but, I kind of got a little bit more appreciation for it going back and listening to it here recently. Um, but, yeah, from what I read, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I remember this. Okay, so the, the Paul Paul uh, McCartney biography is talking about. He's got this silly tune in his head, and he's like, "Oh, it's uh, I got this phrase, golden rings in my head, you know." And and he's like, "John, I've got this tune, but the only words I have with is golden rings. It's crap. Let's just work through it." And I know. Yeah, I know. You know story. the story. So yeah. they. You know, this is classic John and Paul working together. Like, uh, you know, we could do something with this. Let's let's work through it. And, and it, you get Drive My Car, which is like, um, I think they're kind of talking about a story. Of, you know, hey, girl, you could you could drive my car for me. You could be my chauffeur. Yeah, of course, you know, and there's the sexual overtones, right? It's, That's the Beatles. Yeah, I mean. They were into weed and they were yeah, like girls. Yeah, it's kind of a double entendre, drive my car. Uh, you know, I, I feel dirty talking about it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm with you. It's not really. It's it's not one of my favorite Beatles songs because there are so many to choose from. But it's you know it's a good enough song. Uh, I love in the verses. You know, Paul's got that guttural, screamy, uh, not full, not full scream. It's Paul, not Hey Jude guttural. But it's but it's that yeah, it's that <laughs> very powerful Paul vocal and you know. You know, Paul's the one Beatle now that we've had for decades. Yeah. And so we've heard his voice go through so many different things. That's um, true. You know, probably around Flowers in the Dirt is when he started to become old man Paul in a way with the yeah, voice. Makes me so sad, but I do like that album. It's but a great anyway. No, it's a great <laughs> album. Elvis Costello, right? I mean 
Uh, that's a whole so, other topic. I love him too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah, no, they that's that was those two. That was Paul trying to rekindle some, you know, some of what he had with John. That's with, right. With that's Elvis. a good point. And but, you know, and 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 not only did Flowers the Dirt come out of that, but some great Elvis Costello stuff came out of that too. And God, there's so many things we could talk about. It's okay. Let's but, just lay it all out. It's the Beatles. Yeah, but I, but but you know, and and. One of the other great things about this song that always makes me feel good is that you know that piano and the chorus. That's that's right. It's just it's great, and and the guitar solo, which is, which is Paul. That's Paul. Oh really? Probably, I didn't you, know you that. You probably think it's George, but it's it's Paul. So and it's very simple, but it's very tasty, and it it fits the song. And you know we didn't. I, I mean I don't think we. I don't think I mentioned this, but you know all these songs are so short. Like the album, no, I noticed that. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think the album's like 35 minutes, maybe, and it's like 11 songs in 35 minutes. So no, 14 songs. It's four. It is. You're right. It's 14. 14 songs. songs. They're all. There's only one. There's only one over three minutes, and that's, that's you, won't you won't see, see me. me. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they're all super short, um, which kind of leaves you, you know, wanting more uh, um, a little bit. Um, I don't know, but yeah. You know, it's a good song. It's it's solid. It's Beatles. It sounds like the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean, is true. This is true. I mean, it definitely. If it, if it was some, you like you loved Help. You loved all their singles. You got the new Rubber Soul album. You're excited. The first song's like, oh, this sounds like all their other stuff. Yeah. And you know, this is this is the one of the songs on this album. There's a couple. Uh, yeah, there's a couple where it's the lead is both of them and and I always yeah. always like that uh yeah. that's always especially this this earlier earlier stuff really is you know they they were great together like um i've heard i've heard a lot of people say it but most recently i've heard it on i don't know if you listen to the podcast fabcast if you don't you no. need to you need to just go back and listen to all of them these guys are really good they're a little bit annoying, but they've got lots of firsthand knowledge. Or, or uh, one of the guys does. Uh, anyway, they have great conversations about the Beatles. And is it the podcast dedicated to talking yes. about the Beatles? Okay, yeah, it's called well, Fab, in. Fabcast. Okay. There's a couple of a couple of episodes that I think. Um, uh, yeah, what's his face from Tune In? Escaping me. The author. Oh, I know you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Yeah, uh, he's the like, author for Tune In. Yeah, he's the Beatles God, and I don't know. Maybe we've had too many beers, but anyway, he's oh, been on a couple fine. of times. I'll think of it later, and I'll be just like, Bleh! and put yeah. it out there. That's fine. Um, but the, anyway, they talk about when when these two guys sing together. Um, sometimes it's in unison. Sometimes it's in uh, a dissonant kind of harmony sometimes it's in a regular harmony but it always is like they call it like the super voice like when they're together and it's like it just completely two people blending into one making this one super voice and so know, they're kind of it's kind of funny you mention that because on drive my car they're kind of a little dissonant but uh, it they, but it, it does create this cool super voice i never thought about it yeah, like that and 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 i think it I'm trying to remember because we're not listening to it right now, but like towards the end of the chorus, they go from that dissonant harmony into a unison where they're singing together. I don't know. It's just, it's just another cool, cool song by the Beatles where 
you know, Lennon and McCartney just, just did this thing. And even even though it's kind of a middling song, it still ends up kind of great. I mean, you give that song to anybody else, and it's like a number one hit. Yeah. <laughs> to the Beatles, it's almost a throwaway. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so that's that's drive my car. I I, I really want to move on to the next one because I got because I've got a great story. Okay, go for so it. So Norwegian Wood, uh, this, song. this bird is flown. Such a great song, and again, this goes back to um, where I feel like John's at the top of his game. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this, and he's got a couple of more. I mean, you you've got Norwegian Wood, but we got. Man, there's a couple more songs on this album that we got. Oh, I know. And well, let's give Norwegian Wood the space it needs. Yeah. So of course, um, you know, it's it's this is this is one of the songs on this album where they start to stretch out. Um, they've got the sitar. They've got the whole eastern in you know the eastern sound. And they haven't even the went India, to India yet. And they've not even been there. Right. That's what's amazing. That's <laughs> true. Of course, George is already dabbling a little bit, you know, in the religion and stuff like that because right. he's such a seeker and a searcher course this song's you know you know it's like a it's cool it's a story because it's you know it's about john going over to see this lady it's kind of like a you know i've read that it's it's about an extramarital affair and he kind of worded it to hide it from cynthia you know and john was going through some stuff john was always going through some stuff i know but he (laughs) but he was great about what what you know one thing you know he was great at is Hiding his stuff in his songs. Yeah, he's writing about exactly. it. Exactly, but he's kind of mad. And, and there's so much more of that on this album. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, ahead. he goes and he meets up with this this girl, and it's you know this kind of mysterious girl, and it, he's probably going to get some, but then she ends up going to bed, and he sleeps in the bathtub, and he wakes up, and she's gone, and he sets her house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that really what happened? Here? That is what had happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean that's what they intended when they wrote the song. Um, yeah, but um, just the composition of the song, um, I just love to hear it. It, it's, 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 you know, the the drone of it, the melody. Um, the words don't even matter, right? Um, it's like the it's, w- wh- like like he could be singing Liberty Biberty, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> Damn it, I knew you was going to do that to me in this podcast. <laughs> but really, but really, like the words, it's just, it's such a, I don't know, it's like a, you know, it's a song that you can space out on. They probably did. They probably did. Um, you know, no, it's kind of funny. It, It's a really good point. It doesn't even matter what words they were singing. The tune is so great. Um, I, to me... I lo- what I love about the Beatles is listening to them and singing along to them. And I do yeah. it all the time. My kids are probably going to complain about it one day. My wife hasn't openly complained an excessive amount yet, so it's still okay. But um, this song is just so fun to sing along to for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but it just... Do you remember the PM Dawn? No, you're going to lose me on that one. So there, there, was this, the there was this rap R and B. I know, I know who you're talking about. They covered this. Did they really? I think they might have actually gotten like chart play with it, probably more than the Beatles did. You're kidding me. Yeah. Um. You better Google that. I we we will have to check the Google machine on that. Okay. All right. I I do think that um. I do think that they had somewhat of a hit with it. And this was this was back when I was in uh, college, and it's really weird. And this is the story that I wanted to tell. Okay. So 
uh, I guess it was, I don't know if it was my sophomore or my junior year. Man. Is one of the, it was it was it was it was not my freshman year, uh, but I took. You're talking about college at UT. Yeah, at UT, University of Tennessee. Um, I took. Uh, I had I had music appreciation 101. I took music appreciation 102, history of rock and roll. <laughs> Did you study anything real there? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we don't have to get into that here. Um, but yeah, so the the professor he was a professor teaching this 102. Um, total stoner. Um, I think at the time I was really naive and I thought that he was just kind of spaced out from doing weed in the past. He was doing it. Okay. He was, he was smoking a big J right before he came to class (laughs) every time. Well, if you're going to go talk rock and roll. So he spent most of his time on the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. If I was going to spend most of my time on any two bands I mean, on the history of rock and roll, that's what I would do, too. I, he was doing it right. He was doing it. He he was definitely doing it right. So, anyway, this dude, such a stoner. So, we're covering the Beatles, and he doesn't go album by album. He just kind of does his thing and just sort of points out all of his favorite stuff. And um, most of it was Rubber Soul On. Okay. Like he didn't do a all lot right, of early deals because, right. you know, he was kind of avant-garde sort of dude. Like, um, he he would play play records. Basically, the every day was us sitting and listening to him play vinyl records. So I was in heaven. That's pretty awesome, actually. And um, I remember when he when he played Norwegian Wood for us, and he he just the dude loved this song, and. I just remember thinking he was so into it while he was because he would it was so weird he would stand over the record player and 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 this isn't going to translate to podcast world but he would stand over with his arms like kind of over it like kind of doing a dance <laughs> and he was so into this one that I thought he was going to like fall asleep and fall flat on the record player <laughs> yeah but he it was. <laughs> It was so crazy. He 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 was like um I don't know. Like I said, I thought that he was just spaced out and lost some brain cells and now that I'm older I'm like no, he was just Well, he he probably lost some brain cells, but he was killing the last remaining ones he had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of my Norwegian wood story, but it's funny right right after that is when th- this this cover that was on the radio came out and I was like, mm. Uh, it's not the Beatles, uh, but I'm glad somebody out there likes them enough to cover their music in, you know, 19, it looks like it was 1993 Okay. when when that came out. I'm still trying to figure out if they actually had a hit. I do remember the record was called, uh, they had a hit called Set Adrift on Memory Bliss, and I think that was the Bliss album. Um, or maybe it was the... They had that song, and it, w- it it was the Spandau Ballet with the sample. Uh, huh, huh. Oh, you know, the, the true? true song, yeah. They sampled that song. Well, they which sampled I that on, a, on that was on a di- yeah, and that we was couldn't on a stretch that into a podcast. But anyway, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and they had a song called "I Die." But anyway, they they were this. They covered it. I, I it had was no a idea. weird band to cover and get radio play with. That is strange. A Beatles song. So, anyhow, 
You could do a whole. You know what? They may not have been on the radio. It may have been that I know that I had the album because I was into that, and so I heard it and so and probably thought it was great, or thought it or thought it should be on the radio because it was a Beatles cover. It's probably it. You you could spin. (laughs) Maybe maybe we will do this. Maybe we could spin a whole session talking about what was the greatest covers of Beatles songs. Oh yeah, I love it when people. Can we at least put that one as an honorable mention? Heck yeah! I mean, I. Even if it's a band I don't like, if it sounds, if it sounds, I, I'm just glad to see people doing Beatles music. What well, right? man, they're paying yeah. homage. Yeah, yeah. All right, so third song, side one. Mm. You won't see me. I'm oh, gonna, thank you. I'm let me. Let, I'm gonna let this, you go. This is I my, love. I love this song. This by is the my way. favorite song on the album, um, and it's not because. So you know, this yeah. is your favorite song on the album. It is. It Dude, is. That's I, awesome. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. That's awesome. And, and I love it. I have no regrets. Um, there's a lot of other great songs in the album, and I'll, I'll, I'll almost second guess. No, I'm not going to second guess. Every time I hear this song, no, this just, is totally worthy of somebody saying it's their favorite. I'm, I'm. I'm. That's awesome. But it's no a song. No one. It's like, does anybody know this song? Me and you, <laughs> right? But I feel like I've got other Beatles friends that know it. But yeah, yeah, it's, it I is mean, one of those songs. It, I know what you're saying. It's like one of those songs that people that really know the Beatles know this song, and you're not going to hear it on any greatest hits. Um, only if you listen to like the Beatles Channel on XM, might you might hear it there. But if you were just listening to the '60s Channel or regular popular radio, you're not going to hear this song. No, but some of the better Beatles songs—that's the story. You're not going to hear it on a greatest hits. That's why you got to tear into these albums and really make it personal. But I mean, I'm—you know—over the years, I trans—I trans- transitioned from a John to more of a Paul guy, and this is one of those Paul songs that I'm just in awe of. I don't know what it is. He's just telling a story about a relationship, and it's all about relationships and love. Man, I don't like every song goes back. I think to this that. is yeah. And of course, all the Paul songs in this vein right now have to do with uh, the problems he was having with Jane Asher. Yes, Jane Asher, yeah. which is a very she was wanting to pursue an acting career, yeah. and you know. It was a very open relationship, from what I understand. I mean, Paul was probably seeing other women at the time well he was you know i mean he's a he's a musical genius he's got the world in his hand he's very demanding and he just he wants her to kind of put her stuff drop everything and pay attention to me yeah 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 which um you know he's a let's he's a young kid still he's still trying to figure stuff out and he's an amazing songwriter and he's still trying to figure stuff out which is just Mind blowing to me. Yeah, he's not even hit his apex. He's not. He's not. He's uh-huh. not even there yet. And it's it, you know that is amazing to me in thinking about this song. And I'm just trying to think specifically what it is, but it just tells a story. And I just the 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 tune itself it puts me in a happy place. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. He loved Motown. This is a very Motown. It's a very soulful song. Yeah. It's 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 got that. Um, it was inspired by the great Motown bassist James Jamerson. Played on all those four tops and tim- everything. Played on all those Motown records. Uh, 
of course, Paul's you know was a bass player. So can we talk about Paul's bass playing for just a moment? Because this is a song, especially in this song, right? This song, it's amazing. It 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 jumps out at me. That's my. I think that's one of my favorite parts of this song because I'm I'm big on bass players. My you know Paul Getty Lee, um, John John McVie with Fleetwood Mac, um, Ant Whistle. Oh, Ant Whistle with the Who. The Ox. Yeah. yeah. John Paul Jones. Yeah. Well, what the hell am I doing? I went right. five bands without talking about John <laughs> Paul Jones. Um, no, that's. It's just people don't talk about the bass, but the bass is just like the backbone of the song. Especially when it's a really good bass And then player. when you, and, and Brian Wilson with the Beach Boys. I got a quote for you. Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead and read it while you're talking about bass players. So this is from Paul. Um, he says, to me, it was very Motown flavored. It's got a James Jamerson feel, which for sure. He was a Motown bass player. He was fabulous. The guy who did all those great melodic bass lines. It was him, me, and Brian Wilson who were doing melodic bass lines at that time. Yeah. All from completely different angles. L.A., Detroit, London. All picking up on what each other did. So for sure. So the timeline, Rubber Soul came out and then the Beach Boys answered with Pet Sounds, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yep. So... Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of well. We get in the the Brian Wilson, how the Beatles left him in the dust <laughs> after that. Um, but it's a yeah. great album. I I love that Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys did that. But yeah, it's one of those songs where the the bass playing is just tremendous and it's soulful. I just love the song. Yeah, um, his uh, his voice on this song just it just makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, even again. Uh, it's it's like the um, you know you've you've got what the song's about and you've got how the song sounds which are like completely different right right yeah that's a good point and um, a lot of a lot of really and and John did that a lot too like help that's help is a cry for help but right? it's a it's but a, it it's sounds a, like a happy song and that, that w- it was a Beatles thing and Paul was doing it here too uh, but I agree with you um, it's not my favorite it's probably. 1A or, okay. second, or okay. second for me, but I'm with you. Love this song. It is uh, it is for sure. Yeah, you got a good lead into the next one, so go ahead. Are oh. we ra- are we ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're sti- yes, we are. So we're, yeah, so we're on John still, and we're talking about help. Uh, we can talk about okay. I'm, a, I'm a loser, and now we can talk about this next track, Nowhere Man. And right. John was always ready to write a song about how much he uh, was either uh, hated himself or or hated what he was doing or um, he was and he was not self-deprecating in a way that is positive like right like right. When, he, when he wrote these songs he felt this and right this, and, and and nowhere man is right there in the vein of I'm a loser and help right and um, you know we all well there may be people that listen to this that don't know, but, you know, John was a, a tortured soul. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he uh, he went through so much and, you know, lost lost his mom at a young age. And, you know, dad wasn't there. And we could go through we, we could we could do 10 podcasts on all that stuff. But he had so much tragedy. And then he lost, you know, later he, he of course, Epstein's still around now. But he had so much loss in his life. Yeah. And, um and 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 uh, you know he 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 had plenty of things where he was completely self-destructive and he was abusive at times and 
uh, he had drug problems, and he was starting them now. Um, yeah, that's true. And 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 in this song, uh, you know, I think this song is kind of kind of reflects on some of his LSD that he was starting to do a little bit. And um, you know, you know, it's uh, uh, this is this is what he called his fat Elvis period, right? You, you've heard this story, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Where he hated that he was chubby, and you know, when he was younger, he hated that he had glasses and. Um, but yeah, this this um, I didn't realize what this song was about years and years and years ago when I would listen to it. Now I completely understand it because uh, I c- can't tell you how many times in my life I have felt like this very same nowhere man, right? Oh, this is yeah. I mean, uh, I think we all go through periods like this, and it's just a human condition where we constantly need affirmation. But we constantly question about where we're going, and then it's just in a little point of weakness. We're not going anywhere. I, I, where am I going? What am I doing with my life? Yeah. And this is John just vocalizing that and setting it in eternity for us to reflect upon that. Yeah. Um, I, I love the harmony vocals in this so much. It kind of makes you think of the birds. Um, yeah. With, you know, I guess at that time, David, David Crosby. Crosby. Yeah. I just... There's there's more on this album that kind of give you that that feeling, but um, you know it's um, this is one of those songs that I don't think was a big hit, but to me it's like a staple, right? It's kind of a Beatles staple sort of song to me. Like like I talk to people that don't know the Beatles, and you mention a song like Nowhere Man, and they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's true, right? And it should be um, one of the first songs he. Well, there's about. a lot of songs like that. I mean. If you're not a Beatles fan, a lot, it, it, which blows me away, and we'll get to this in future podcasts, but like Eleanor Rigby's another one of those that, like, if you're not a Beatles fan, like a, a lot of people don't really know that song because it wasn't a hit. But this is one of those. It's kind of in that vein. But uh, again, this is to me, it's like, this is why this is a great John album. Another super strong, uh, relatable, uh, it's a it's a song by the Beatles. It's not about a boy and a girl or a relationship, it's, and that's rare at this point. So if in we, their history, if we can give John most props for anything about his songwriting, is that, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Paul. We're not going to take anything from Paul because we love Paul. But um, John is the best at bearing his soul. Oh, for sure. In a song, is this? I'm I'm feeling for pain. Sure. Paul it, wants Paul mostly wants to make people f- happy. Right. And even even when he's not singing about something happy. He, he probably wasn't trying to make people happy in Helter Skelter, but that's right. another thing. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, John, but you don't think about this being a sad song, but when I went back and listened to it, and after I read that, I thought, God, John just, he's bearing it all, and, but... At the same it's time, almost, it's almost like he can't go on living unless he does these songs. Right. That that that's that's the emotion that I get. If I don't when get I, this out right now when for I li- you to experience this. When I, I listen to those it. songs, I think if he doesn't do this song, he can't go on. That's, that's a really that's, good way to put. That it. is what it feels like to me when I listen that's to it. That's a really it. good point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just a just a fantastic song. Um, it's yeah. it's a classic. It's a classic John song. Um. I put it up there. I'll, I love help too, and it's in that same vein. And yeah, just, I mean, I don't know what else I can, what else more I can say other than it's, it's just 
what you've said about how he'll bear his soul and how great it is for the rest of us when he does. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, we all we all win from his pain, but that's kind of what art is. Well, I mean, we all, yeah, we all need to, if you can't, it, yeah, art. It's, it's, it is, it's to the interpreter, right? Yeah. But, you know, if you can't experience, like you listen to that, and if you really listen to the words, you can really experience the pain and hurt, but also feel some hope somewhere in there. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we all need, so. That's great, and he eventually he, he eventually bookends all these songs with hope. I think. Yeah, you're right. W- with other songs, so yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. All right, so uh, next up we have um, "Think for Yourself," a George a, a song. George, a George song. I've got a great George quote on this one. This was in the book, his book "I Me Mine," which I've not read, and I want to. I think I want to read that now too. I mean, yeah, go ahead. But he says, uh, think for yourself. And, and George is classic for this. In his later years, when he would talk about things from the Beatles days, he either didn't remember, didn't care to remember, remembered differently, or made stuff up, which Paul does that. Like, Paul it will change history sometimes, I think. But, uh. but George, anyway, so he says, think for yourself must be written about somebody from the sound of it. But all this time later, I don't quite recall, recall who inspired that tune. Probably, <laughs> probably the government. That is so classic, George. No, George, Harrison. that was tax man. But we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like this song uh, a lot. Um, you know, it's 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 not the best George song on this album, but I love no, it. Yeah, it's not. Anyway. You're right. Um, I I I do like I like the sound of it. Uh, like. It's kind of got a raw sound to it it's, for that time, right? It's, uh, yeah, it, it's super raw. It's like garage bandy raw yeah. in a way. It's, um, but I, I, you know, I like the content of it too. It's, it's in some ways, it's almost like a protest song. It's like, it's like he says, it's probably about the government, and it does feel like, even though the song itself is seems like he's like talking to like, like some buddy or some woman that's done him wrong and you know it's like you better think for yourself i'm not going to be here and blah 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 but i do like to think of it especially you know you're about to hit and we're going to talk about this with the next song but you're about to hit you know the hippie days right now right and and a lot of protests and things like that but uh, i think my favorite it's so funny it's a great george song but my favorite part of the whole song mccartney's bass (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. Well, he's got that like, like it's like plugged. I don't know what it, I don't know what they used in 1965, but it's all fuzzed up. Like, yeah, well, they talk about a fuzz bass, so that's yeah. what he's playing. Yeah, it's all. It's like he's plugged it into some kind of box that made it all growly. You know, I, it, I love it. I mean, it's 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 just that's my favorite part of the song. Uh, other other than just the lyrics themselves. Um, you know, otherwise, it's um, think for yourself because I won't be there for you. Yeah, it's it's, you know, it's it's a it's a typical George song, so, early George Beatles song. So can I can I say I wish that people in this day and time would would really live that instead? Yeah. Think for isn't that oh, kind of funny? That's true. The message from the '60s is so relevant today, for sure. And people don't even realize that. Just you're you know. We could get into that, but I mean, I, I just want to touch on it real quick. Is that 
you know what he's saying is well he's 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 like he's like um and it's <laughs> you know you look at it with certain groups today like this song is kind of like it's kind of like railing against conformity like conforming to some idea and we got lots of people doing that right now right nobody wants to form their own ideas they just want it fed to them because they don't have time yeah, or by, they want to take the time to have by fox thought. news or cnn or whatever flavor whatever whatever, whatever you're, you're gonna take yeah, in. whatever your flavor um yeah it's uh that's a great point man it's get, get deep in here yeah more than 50 years later it's this stuff is relevant Go figure. it's just awesome i mean <laughs> that that's why they're still we're still talking about them today it's the beatles the beatles the beatles <laughs> That was weird Southern meets English. <laughs> and that was weird. <laughs> Slash, one of us has lived in Ohio for a couple of months. For three months. <laughs> that didn't have any effect on that. No. No, you've not, yeah, you've, your your accent's not changed Oh, they, they ask me where I'm from when I talk to them. I meet people. You know what it's going to, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get to where in, in, let's say you're still there in five years. Yeah. That's they're, the plan, but yeah. They're going to ask you where you're from, and when you meet people down here that don't know you, they're going to ask you where you're where from. Where are you from? Yeah, exactly. You're going to be caught in the middle. <laughs> Guaranteed. Stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Okay. All right, man. So that was Think for Yourself. Uh, George song. I hate to give him short shrift, but there's so many good songs to get to. We got, we got so much content to get to, man. Uh, yeah, so the next one, another John song. Um the word the word love this song again again i can't okay so we're gonna differ on this oh yes i was hoping yeah so i'm not as crazy about this song but i think it's got a good message but i just don't like the song as much but you go ahead yeah um i think the reason that i like the song is because um so this was john doing his sort of motown r&b thing as far as the music goes Okay. Because it's kind of got, um, I don't know, like, it's kind of like a, got a, like a Wilson Pickett, uh, sort of a Mustang Sally in the midnight oh, hour kind of groove going okay. in a way. Maybe even like, like some James Brown, Papa's got a brand new bag. Um, I mean, but they're definitely influenced by that music. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and and again, we talked about this already. They're they're in their marijuana period, and this this song is kind of like you know, it's it's the love and peace, and this is kind of a precursor to all you need is love, and this is true. Um, you know, John's uh, you know, he's he's gone he's gone from nowhere man to this song, which is a little more uplifting, a little more, I don't know, I don't I I I, th- I think again. Um, the R&B aspect, the fact that uh, they they pulled it off so well for, you know, four dudes from northern England and... Being soulful. And again... <laughs> Paul, I mean, you just say it out loud, it's pretty funny. And Paul McCartney's bass playing again. Okay, now, so... <laughs> so I mean, it's it it's 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 a big part of while it While you were me. talking, I was thinking about the bass line think in about the song. The, think about that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It is pretty badass. Pretty, <laughs> badass is um, a good word for it. You know, um, there are a lot of vocal parts in this song. It's like seven parts, I think. They one. sing some really high parts yes. in there, too. Yeah, yeah. 
They got great range. They, they're showing that off in this song. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot to there's talk a lot about. going. There's a lot going on here. I understand it not being one of your favorites. That's, yeah, but that's fine. I think I think for me, as I've re-listened the last few days, and I'm not a John guy. Sometimes I can be really down on John. Yeah, I've really, um, I, I really look at all of his songs, and even though they're you know Lennon McCartney, right? I've looked at his songs with a different light and put them all together, and just like I'm really blown away at how on his game he was. I and and two weeks ago, before I started listening every day for two or three days, I wouldn't even have thought to say that, but. And this is just part of it. I got a good quote from him, and this is from Anthology. Okay. He says, It sort of dawned on me that love was the answer. When I was younger, on the, uh, when I, well, this is later on, so it's not in the moment. So he says, It sort, oh, okay. of, it sort of dawned Henry on me that love was the answer when I was younger on the Rubber Soul album. My first expression of it was a song called The Word. The Word is Love. In the good and bad books that I've read, whatever, wherever the word is love, it seems like the underlying thing to the universe. I like that quote because mm. it's true. I agree with it. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, I like the message of the song. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, it's. I like, like other I said, it's, songs. It's better not on one of their best ones, but it was, you know. Again, it just for me. I'm just. I'm putting all these John songs together on this album. I'm just. I'm just kind of. Well, like, I can see that. I, it, I'm um, kind of like blown away, uh, like where he was, and even going back to help. You know, you know. I wonder. I wonder. This is just a thought, and we can get into this later. But I wonder if a lot of our stuff about John is a lot of the stuff that happened after the Beatles or during the Beatles breakups. Like, do we feel sour about how things turned out? How he some acted of that toward the end of it. I think some of that. Um, I think some of what made me sour at one point. And I've gotten over it a little bit, and we might as well talk about it. Um, is uh, you know all the all the stories that we found out are true stories about you know like his abuse of Cynthia, mm, yeah, and um, you know kind of his uh, treatment of Julian, uh, you know, and, uh, and, uh, until the later seventies, and they kind of patched that up. But right. he was kind of a piece of crap as a human being. Yeah. And but again, he was very tortured. That's when not an excuse, but right. Uh, I think that's where a lot of my sourness towards uh, towards John Lennon comes from. Is like he just wasn't a great guy. And and but you know, I approach I approach his music now with a little more nuance, and him as a human being with a little more nuance because I'm I'm not. I've not done all the things that he's done, but I'm not the greatest person either. But oh gosh, neither am I. It's it's really easy to it's really easy to you know jump people uh, in the limelight like that and right. So I've kind of reconsidered a lot and mel- okay. mellowed a little. Kind but of I funny. think that's but I think that's where a lot of my stuff came from. And then a lot of that carried on into post Beatles because you know he he. He was an ass a lot of times <laughs> right. there too, but so right. was but so was Paul. So was Paul. <laughs> you know, Paul's no innocent person uh, here. The only innocent really at all is Starkey. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ringo was the only one that he stayed friends with everybody. I know. He tried to make the peace. Um, George Harrison, peace and love, peace and love. Yeah, you know, George Harrison got really dickish at some points, like. Man, that's true. They're um, so complicated. They are very complicated. That's why their music. I so know good. it's so awesome. 
All right, so leaving a John song and going to a Paul song, I'm I'm gonna let you kick this one. Okay, off. but okay, Michelle. Um, I used to really like this song when I first got into him. The the Red Album Days. I love this song. I'm not as much into this song now. This is probably my least favorite Paul so, McCartney song ever. Okay, I can make an argument for that because I can almost be in that. Um, it's it's one of those. Uh, I like Wonderful Christmas Time better than that song. Oh, actually, I really love Wonderful oh, I Christmas Time. Freaking <laughs> love Wonderful. Can we do an entire podcast on that Please, song? Please, can we just can we just play it the whole time and talk over it? No, um, this is probably hmm. my at least my least favorite. Beatles song by Paul probably. So, it's one of those where he's trying to be funny and he's being he's trying corny. trying to be damn clever and I read the story about and how it's he, corny. Yeah. It's right? just corny. And, so, and Paul could it, Paul can be corny. Right. That's like his silly love songs, my love. I mean, well, I know I love silly love well, songs. Well, I do too, but it's a little <laughs> cheesy, Rich. We can say it's cheesy and right. love it at the oh, same yeah, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, okay, so. But I don't even love this song. Uh, it just. So we don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time up. We're not wanna, going to. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, Michelle, so I like the finger pick guitar on it. That's cool. That's about it for me. Uh, the guitar is uh, awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, nice. it's you know. Otherwise, you know, it's just I, I know what he's trying to do. He's doing the you know he's fall, falling in love with a French girl and she doesn't speak English and he doesn't speak French and it's never going to work. He had this whole thing. So if you read about, apparently, you know, and he wrote this er- way early. Like this is an old song. Yeah, yeah he wrote exactly. this when he was like a teenager. So he had the tune and he and he wanted to pair it with a French phrase and apparently he would go to parties and pretend he was French or something and try to be cool. And I'm like, damn, Paul, this is so cheesy. You really did that. And yeah. it's so, uh, it's just kind of funny how, you know, young and stupid they were and vulnerable they thought they were, or they were, and they just acted really weird at times. So is this like the very bottom song on the entire album, you think? No, the next one is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. This is why I said the middle of the album kind of, it almost bottoms, but then you just have this unbelievable finish. Oh, yeah. All yeah, right. So now, let's now that I realize, because we're going to side two and I know what's next. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even have to scroll through my notes. We're going to a Richard Stalky. A uh, Richard Stalky. Yeah. I don't, that's a horrible Ringo impression. <sighs> I don't even know how to do a Ringo. I know. It just, I, I can do a Paul for about four five words and i can i can do we should uh, practice that we should next time. okay um okay so yeah we're on side two and uh what goes on uh this was a, a lennon mccartney uh but it's okay it was it's not a cover okay it is it sounds it almost sounds like a sh- cover yeah it's 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 uh i think you're right uh let's see they were it was a it was a lennon song Okay, and which we talked about. John was great, at and they were they were they, and they were looking at doing it much earlier. Um, oh, really? Like in '63, so this would have been you know, like with the Beatles. Yeah, this is before they come to America, right? Wow, yeah, this yeah. would be before Hard Day's Night. So uh, they reworked it for Rubber Soul. Um, uh, McCartney helped, uh, and and they did it just for Ringo. They rework and and okay. here's and here's why that makes sense is because a lot of the stuff that Ringo sang, especially early on, almost exclusively early on, were these country western sounding songs because Ringo 
had lots of con- uh, that, that was the music that he liked. I'm pretty sure, right? Because I'm, I know, know that I've right. read. I'm pretty sure I, when I read Tune In, uh, a lot of the records he was listening to growing up were these country western things. Okay. And you know he he did quite a few songs like this. Um, what was the big one that he did live with him? Ah, oh, it escapes me. We'll figure it out, but. Um, it was it was one of the ones that he did early with them live. Um, anyway, so what goes on? Well, I'm uh, blanking on it. You know, again, it's 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 this country western kind of rockabilly song, rockabilly song, and is it you know, act naturally? Yeah, <laughs> but that was off help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the one okay. I was thinking. And that was the one that he did live. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, I I don't. Comp- completely hate this song but it's just not very great it's just not good it's just not that good it's almost like it was thrown in there it, and, and it's and a throw in it, it, they threw it in so he could sing we a song got this on material record. we need to get ringo on the album yeah yeah because every album has a ringo song yeah they get better as time goes on they, they do get better okay so i'm with you so this this probably is at the bottom michelle's probably right above for me, I, you're right. This this end of side one. Wh- I mean, what were they thinking putting that as as the lead out on side, <laughs> side two? two? I don't know. You would <laughs> never start your show with that. I mean, I know that side two. You, you're not necessarily putting like like a single you're going to release, but God, you got to start stronger than that. Well, yeah. Maybe start with girl. Maybe, maybe go with that. Should have been the first yeah but maybe maybe they wanted to surprise you with girl because it's so much good. better <laughs> yeah, so much better we're well, just gonna lull you to sleep with what goes on and they're really yeah. surprise you so let's go ahead and talk about that please do yeah so the second song on side two girl uh, <laughs> i'm glad i I actually, I actually put a note just so that I'd make sure we did this. I mean, it's so great, right? It is great. Uh, again, John is killing it on this record. So, I don't know where I heard this or where I read it, but um, it might have been an interview with, I think it was either Paul or Ringo. And I listen to the Beatles channel a lot on Sirius. I do too. And uh, he just talked about you know, Paul was great at writing songs, but we needed John to give us that edge. And when he said when he said that, I thought of this song. I thought, and I th- actually, they may have, maybe I didn't think of it. Maybe they played this song right after they that interview clip because it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a little bit racy. You know, make yeah. it sexual. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 whole breathe in thing, and and just. You know, he's describing, like, the girl of his dreams, right? Like, yeah, it's like, let me reflect upon that. Yeah. And did he find this girl in Yoko? I, I mean... Apparently. I guess so. I, I, I can't imagine. But anyway... It, I mean, a year later they met after this song. This is true. Because that was, right? Didn't they meet late 66 after Revolver or when Revolver was... That's late? about the time. That's when they met, yeah. Yeah. Of course, they just met at the art. Uh, art show or whatever. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it is a little racy because, like, he he, he also. Um, I'm trying to think about the. I'm trying to think of the lyrics. Uh, 
he kind of shows like how he doesn't care much for the Catholic Church or Christian faith in a way, <laughs> right? He's sort of, you know, being a little disrespectful there. Um, I do like. Wait, um, how do you mean by that? Well, just like the moral values, like, like oh he didn't, yeah, he didn't care about their moral values at all. No. Um. Yeah, I like um, Paul McCartney recalled. You know, like. Where the uh, him and George are singing the, t- 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 yes, I uh, love in that the story. Eight, in yes. the middle eight, and, middle eight, and uh, and and they tried to fool were, George Martin into thinking they were saying dit 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 with correct, a D, correct. But, but it was tit, really tit, tit. saying it was tit tit tit. And part and and that was and part of that was like um, the beat. They were they were sort of riffing on the Beach Boys with their la la laws. So there was like a little, right. uh, little. Of course, they were always watching each other. I mean, there was that short period of time there was real competition. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then, and then they blew them away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, I think uh, you know this, this. It's 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 funny at the time. Of course, now it's old fashioned because this was recorded in 1965. But right. even at the time, this this song sounded a little old fashioned with. You know the, the just kind of the, the comp- way the guitars. Yeah, sound. the com- the competition. It it was the uh, competition. The composition was right. was you know a few years old, kind of. It does sound like a really classical song, right? Just yeah, old school. It, uh, yeah, yeah, and which I find interesting because John always made fun of Paul for playing granny music, and <laughs> and here's this song that for the time sounded a little old. <laughs> you know about the granny music, and all yeah. That. yeah. And so I just want to, I just want to point that out. Yeah, you wrote a really great song here, John. But, but you, it was you, granny music, but John. You, you pulled a McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> totally pulled a McCartney there. Oh man, but it's so great. It is a, it is a, it's just a, it's just a, yeah, it's a pretty song. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I like, um, I like, I like John's voice in this. I don't, I don't always like his singing. Certain songs I really do. No, I mean when you talk about his apex, I think his voice was in that apex during this album. Oh yeah, uh, I, I easily his best vocals to me. I think I think are, that's it. Are on and and as we move along, I've got more to say, a little bit more to say about that. But okay, uh, yeah, for sure. All right, so the next song is "I'm Looking Through You." Wow, I love this song. Paul McCartney. Uh and and it's um Paul McCartney does this kind of song very often from this point on too. Right? Yeah, talking yeah, uh yeah, this is definitely about a relationship. And, and, and I think and it's about Jane Asher again. It is. And and also the just the sound, the acoustic guitar, the the kind of country inflections a little yeah, bit. Like yeah, I said, a lot like, of that. Like he this this kind of this kind of song goes all the way into his solo career. Yeah, like many years down the road too, like over and over and over, he really likes this kind of song. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. I never yeah, thought about that. Yeah, I, and and I'm trying. This is the first time I can think of that kind of song coming up. Hmm. I'm trying to think like back before this. Of course, he did acoustic stuff, but it didn't sound like this folk, country, rock, whatever this thing is that he's able to do because he plays he plays you know he, he well the, the he, two the two songs before this 
that were acoustic on Help, where I've just seen a face, mm-hmm. and which is great. But it's not like this. It's not one. like that. And then yesterday it was acoustic. Right. And that's the other one I was thinking about. But he, he, he likes country music, you can tell. Uh, when you go through his I catalog. Think one of them liked it, yeah. But, but yeah, definitely. Especially when you get into his solo stuff, like, like um, you know, when you get to, like, Wildlife and, um, you know, God, Big Barn Bed. There's so many things all the way through that early part of his solo career where he's, you know, kind of well, doing. Well, you know, the Ram album doing, is very oh, yeah. country. Yeah. I mean, he. He likes this kind of stuff, and this is, to me, this is almost kind of where it started. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, again, this is another one of those bumming on Jane Asher deals. Um, you know, it's if you listen to the, the lyric, it's like um, it's like he feels like he's way up here, like he's grown up and done his thing, and you're, you know, you, know, you need to come up here with me. And mm-hmm. Again, it's, you know. The selfishness of a genius. He's a selfish guy, and that's no, why. He's, I mean, that's why are, he's so great. They all are, but they had to be to get to to be that great. Unfortunately, um, well, not unfortunately for us, but I think they had to learn those other lessons later on. Yeah, um, I, I love. Okay, so there's really two parts of this song, right? Yeah. Um, you've got that country west, well, not really country western. It's more country folk in the verses and and through the in the chorus, and all of a sudden it, a guitar it freaking hits you with this <laughs> instrumental part at the end of every line. This like it's like it's like James Brown Motown R and B thing for like what, like two or three measures, and then it's gone. Right, and it's like super harsh, like a boom, it hits you, and then it goes back into this little and and then you're back to country folk. Right, it is kind of. I never thought about that, and but you're right. It, it's a, it's like uh, a total change. Yeah, it's, I don't know what what's he trying to tell us with that song. It's I don't know. It's a Paul thing, uh, man. It's yeah. just one of those. It's you know. It's uh, I don't know. We can't think the way he does. No, I can't get on that level. Yeah, but I do love I do love those little instrumental breaks. They're just like a measure or two. Yeah, and it's like wow, wow. <laughs> it, it it makes me think. Um, it makes me think of um, oh, I don't, I can't remember what band it is. We'll get there in a minute. Anyway, there was another band around that time doing a similar thing, but. I don't know. Maybe I'll get Maybe to Maybe they'll it. come back to you later. Yeah. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking through you. Great, great, great Paul song. Um, I can't believe how much I want to continually blow through these Paul songs to get to the John songs, but that's how much I'm digging John on this album. But I mean, it's, the, it's next song, the next song the next song is one of my favorites. One of my favorite songs. It's definitely my favorite song on this album. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think this song has a, some significance to you, right? Um, Wasn't this played either? Oh, it does, Rich. You remembered. I almost forgot about that. So this song definitely has um, 
Damn, you're a good friend for remembering. I that. totally Seriously. remember that. That was eleven years ago. I know. But so you this remember was that. this was played at Clint's at Clint's wedding. It wasn't played. It was, but like in, it was in the it was in the mix. It was um, my um, right. It was like kind of like my was nephew. Our nephew read the lyrics. That's right. That's right. I, I just knew it was involved. And so. he was, at, you know, it, eleven years ago. Hell, he was ten or eleven. And yeah. So he's a real shy kid and. We're proud of Devin now, what he's what he's growing up to. But um, I think it was really important to him to have to do be able to do that. But that's awesome. Um, I'm fortunate to be married to somebody that would. Uh, let's read some Beatle lyrics in the midst of some Bible verses in our wedding because they're important to us, and we want yeah. you to understand that you know, you know, that this is why. Um, man, I was I forgot. I'm. I'm terrible. I almost <laughs> forgot about that. You know, I, I, I remembered it was a part of it because I remember us talking about it um, that day bef- before. Yeah. Like we got there and it felt it felt like things were hectic that day. It was a little he- the snow. Yes. It snowed it, in it Kingsport took, that day. It took day. us a little while to get over. And you were and good once, friends for getting there. Once we got there, you were a little hectic. And I remember just we were trying to talk to you about anything other than the stuff that was bothering you yeah and i i don't know if it was was it printed on did you have we had it printed on a card or something and i saw i remember i was like i was got you to talk about it and that's why i remember it because i got you to talk about the fact that you were doing beatles so yeah anyway this is this is like a great i mean it's um this is i wonder um, how many other people have that memory though i i just wonder because the lyrics of this song are so great yeah, I don't, I don't know, but um, you know, I think it's totally cool that you used it. It's so perfect for a wedding. Me and Sherry didn't have a wedding, but we'll we're going to have one at some point. And uh, you know, I don't know that I'll use them because you've used them, but it's totally something I would use, right? Because the it's just beautiful. I hope you do use it. I mean, it's it's a. Or do you use a song that's important to you? It is a Sherry. R- yeah, it is a. It's well, she loves this song too. Like I've got this playlist on Spotify that I've made. It's, it's called Sherry, and it's just like all these songs that make me. Do think you put of, Oh Sherry on it? Uh, oh Sherry is on it. <laughs> I had to. I Mostly as a joke. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> all the other ones aren't, but that one. No, is. I just had. I had. I but it's like all song. these. I just every time I hear a song that makes me think of her, I stick it on the playlist. <laughs> That's and then, awesome. That's and then, really sweet. And then she'll see it and. I don't remember when I put this song on there, but at some point I did. And that's a really good. I need. I probably should do that. And every t- and and the first time she, like she she'll see the she can see the updates and she'll go and listen to the new songs that I put on there. That's pretty awesome. She came back and she was just like, "Oh my god, I've never heard that song." And like what? she was like, "If I if I had have heard it without knowing who it was, I I don't even know if I'd have known it was the Beatles." And she's like. She loves it. It's, it's her favorite Beatles song. Did now. you get a chance to watch yesterday? Not yet. Okay. So you need to watch it because it will make you appreciate this song even more. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I wish you had seen it so we could talk about more, but that's okay. Because um, I'd be kind of curious to get your thought on the movie. I, I, just any any movie that makes you draws attention to the Beatles. Maybe the next time we get together for Revolver, we'll 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 do a quick little. Um, mini episode for like 20 minutes where we talk about the movie okay that's great i'll watch it by then please do um but yeah i i this music this this song 
is I think it's special to a lot of people. It's just you hear it and it probably takes people it instantly takes me back to a place and it's always a good place. Whether it's my wedding or it's me listening to the song in my room um, or just listening it in the in the car with my kids. It just it's a it's a good place. It's always a good place. Um, it's a good song to share, right? Yeah, like it's 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 like um, it's like it's just a good song to share with people, and I, I'm sure that's why that's why you picked it for your wedding. Well, it's like one of those songs, like oh, you haven't heard the Beatles before. I'm gonna play you a song, and this would this would be one of the um, songs you'd play. I think I did a some. I th- I did like I did like a Facebook post where I did like ten Beatles songs for for the non-Beatles fan or, or okay the, for, I think I remember that and this was on there for sure it should be um no I just I love this song um just the you know the, the first verse there are places that I'll remember all my life though some have changed some forever not for better some have gone and some remain I mean Paul uh I'm sure that Paul may have helped a little bit with the melody on this John wrote the perfect words and apparently he did write the melody here, and that was not his forte. It wasn't his thing. And you want to talk about if Paul didn't help him, Paul's influence was there. But I'm not giving Paul – I'm not necessarily right. giving Paul the credit there. Right. Um, John would tell you that that's, that was not his thing. Normally he would write the words, and Paul would come in and write the melody. Right, right. Um but you know, and there, 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 there's a lot of disagreement on this song, and even Paul has said some things to muddy it up. Like he did, maybe did more than what yeah, was said. Yeah, I read and, some of that. Um, yeah, it. You know, there, there are aspects of it that sound like a Paul song, right? There are, but that's just because him and jo- John were they're working closely they were, together. Yeah. They're influencing each other. Um, but. Even I said all that to say, even without the melody, and you didn't use the melody, you didn't play the song, you just had the the words read out. These Those are John's words. These are some very very powerful words. Right. It's a super powerful song. It's like you say, it gives you a feeling. Um, you know, it just it makes you feel some type of way that's that's good. Uh, like like everything that's ever happened to you, that's happening now and will happen, is good. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it looks back, it looks now, it looks forward. It's it's just this great ode to somebody you love. It's uh, it's incredible. Just no, I just I, that caps off really well. I think. Yeah, it's just it's just an incredible song. So, all right, we're in the home stretch here. All right, um, the next one is Wait. I love this song. All right, well tell us about. Well, it. All right, so uh, I think this is a John and Paul pretty good 50 50 collab i think uh yes i I do believe that it is um it's it's one of those where they both did put in a lot of work and i um i remember and they both sing vocals on this they do yeah so i remember loving this song uh and i still love it today but it was one of those high points on the album for me when i first really got to digesting the album as a whole um, I always thought it just the album finished very strong like I've said several times before and this is one of the reasons why you could have it's hard 
like how do you follow in my life that is such a great song yeah but somehow this song like it like takes you to somewhere different really quickly for me um and it's it's a different you could almost this song could have been on help and i think it was supposed to be on help actually i think they were they were uh it might have been this is one of those that they started writing yeah like way earlier so so that makes a lot of sense when I think about it, but it, it but it fits on the album for me because I think the weird part about this song, the way it ends, it's like uh, we've got to our time limit on the song. Let's just hurry up and wrap this song up. Yeah, <laughs> and then the song. Yeah, listen, I'm a sucker for these. I'm gone. I'm coming home. Songs. And this oh will, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, that that element, yeah. Yeah, I'm a total sucker for any song like that. Um, I think some of the greatest rock songs ever written are like that. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of their lifestyle. So they're they're here and gone and gone and I, here. I think and, every great rock band has those songs. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the one I think about the most is Wiser Time by black crows and i only say that because they just got back together i don't know if you ever heard that song but i'm just going to throw that little tidbit in there it's a really good song okay what one of their hits but uh it's one of those you know this one's not necessarily i'm out on tour right wait for me but it's it is still one of those it's wait i'm I'm coming back you know right and i yeah i always i always love those songs and i like what you said about how how do you follow in my life and it's you know this 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 tries real hard and 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 pretty much gets there um they try we could, to we, we could talk about how in my life got buried halfway through the second side but, <laughs> right um but may, I, may, maybe weight shouldn't even have to follow it up but it's right no it's a again it's a it's you know it's it, it was more of a collab but again this is more of the you know paul mccart uh, or this was you know, this was um, like "Drive My Car" was a collaboration, and they shared yeah, lead vocals. Definitely. But that was more of a McCartney song, and I think this one's probably more of a Lennon song. And just, just it just adds to the strength of John on this album. Like I keep saying that, I'm sorry, but no, 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 it's the theme but, of the album. But that's that's why it's the theme of the album that never hit me until this last couple of weeks. And this is just another, just solid. How does this song end up buried? almost at the end on on anybody other anybody else's record and and a lot of the songs are like that they would be you know they would be up there in the first part of side one and getting released as singles right right on somebody else's record right uh of course there wasn't a lot so this tells you about the transition they just they're going through yeah they they're they're doing they're doing holes they're not thinking about what singles are we going to issue from the album well yeah especially when we get when we get to the next few albums, mm, like that. and they, they really care especially less and less about really that. especially like Sergeant Pepper, I mean it. Who cares about any singles? Yeah, and and yeah, we're we're gonna release those on double A side and have the two greatest songs ever on the same <laughs> forty five record. But then then we're gonna give you the greatest LP of all time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> all at the same time, like. They're going to give you the greatest 45 ever and the greatest LP. Oh, we're still two That's albums away. That's going to be an awesome episode. I can't people. wait. Yeah. All right. We got to finish this one, though. I we know, still got I a know. couple, of, there's two couple great of songs, songs um, especially this next one. And this is the the George the best this George is the Harrison, best George Harrison song on, on, the this, on the album. Yeah. So, If I Needed Someone. 
Got a good quote here, and then I'll let you um, give okay. some, some thoughts. It's a George Harrison quote. I tried to go out and find as many quotes. I didn't get quotes on every song, but um, I, I just I like reading what they said. He said, if I needed someone, it's like a million other songs written around a D chord. And I know exactly what he's talking about when he's there because you can play so many variations of a D chord and make one song out of it. Okay. It's like if you move your finger about, you get various little melodies. That guitar line or variations on it is found in, in many a song, and it amazes me that people still find new permutations of the same notes. It's so true. Hmm. Uh, apparently this is from an interview in 1980. Wow, okay. So, 25 years? No, after 15. 15, 15 years, years later. after the album, yeah. 15 years later. Um, you know, this one, um, it's kind of got that Indian classical little bit with the droning, but for for my money, uh, George was listening to the birds. Yeah, this is definitely that West Coast sound. Um, yeah. It sound those harmonies uh, just super beautiful. Um, <laughs> again, Paul McCartney's bassline, right? Right. I mean, just incredible. Um, and you know, it's a love song. Yeah. For Patty. Um, it's for Patty. Patty Boyd. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think on this one? Um, so, this is the beginnings of. So you always read stories about George fighting. It's hard for George to get songs on an album. Right. And I mean, you got Lennon McCartney. I yeah. mean, hell, I mean, I understand what his perspective is, but this is an album where his two songs are pretty good, and this one is excellent. It is excellent. Um, And I... And I appreciate it more and more as time goes on. I think that's kind of like George songs. Uh, you may hear George songs, and you may like them at first. This is for me. Um, but as I've gotten older, and I really just slow down and listen to the songs, George is just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. There was a there was a time, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, where he kind of sneaked into sort of my favorite Beatle. Okay, okay, and um, I could see that. And and it was like you said, uh, just listening and, and and reading and learning about him. And um, ha have you started tune in yet? I, I know you barely started it. Yeah. So what's really great about it is you get the early story of all four of them. Yeah. Um, and George's story is 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 as compelling. Well, no, John has the most compelling story. Right, right, right. But George's is up there. Okay. With, with, with Paul and 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 Ringo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you if you read their history, uh, especially before they were famous, I mean, John's story is the most compelling. But George has a neat story. Okay. Um, and you're 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 gonna figure out a little bit more of where he came from with, uh how he ended up from where he came it's enjoy okay it's, it's, it's really good i've got the book so i, I just need to dedicate it's, time to tearing it, through it it's a long yeah it's a long read and it's it, it it can be um it's not tedious it but it, it it's long there's a lot of details to it yeah well yeah. that's all right um, but um yeah this this is um 
This is a, really one of George's first really great songs. I, I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, after this, after this, he really deserved what he started to get. Well, hell, the next on the next album, he kicks off the album. Yeah, which Go is figure. a really great song, and which some people don't like. But we'll, I, yeah. I don't even understand that. I don't either. It's it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. We yeah. won't spoil it, but y'all know. Yeah, you'll you'll look it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so it's just it's it's cool on the you, you capture the moment in time where George starts to coming to his own yeah and he find they finds the space to get in on the album and it's a great song and it's like oh wow we got another like you could just imagine just listening to it for the first time during that era it's like wow this is completely different than Lennon McCartney this is something wow new dynamic yeah speaking of George the next song we got a quote from John that says it was just sort of a throwaway song of mine that I never thought much of but it was always a favorite of George. Run for your life was. Run for your life. Yeah. So. I'd rather see you dead, little girl. It's a little morbid. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think later in life, John was asked about it, and he, he, he kind of was like, yeah. You know, I think he, he tried to play it down. Um, I, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, the, the subject matter is a little, uh but it's a like it's just it's a really well written song so, and it's i it's it's not like anything else on the album they, okay so you don't end the album within your in my life because you have these other three songs to follow it and then you have the perfect song to end the album just to me yeah so they they, they started doing maybe this was the first song the first album where they they figured out the closing song to an album because they started doing that really well. Yeah, from this point forward. Right. Um, yep. Because I'm not going to count help with Dizzy Miss Lizzy. I mean, it's a fun song, whatever. Mm. But yeah. th- that that's a different era of the Beatles. This 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 marks, kicks off, and that's why we started here. This is right. And and this this song, well, it's not the greatest song on the album. It's I think it's like the best song to pick of all the songs to end the album with. Uh, and to me, that's all. I, I just I, It's very important to me. That's interesting. A, I've not thought about it as it being the, the, the perfect ending song, but yeah, it works. It does work really well. I mean, maybe not the perfect ending song for any album, but for this album, it it, it makes a lot of sense. And it, yeah. it, 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 it's always a very important to me how the album flows. Um, I'm just big on, like, great opening songs and great yeah. ending songs for albums so. me too you know i'm i'm <laughs> you know where uh, uh i always look when i get a new album or listen to a new album first place i look is the next to last song really yeah the which next on this to last one, song which on this one would be um if i needed someone well, that would have been a good place to start um I, and i also like to look at the second song and of course on this album is norwegian wood and so so the, you've always done that. When I've did you always, start that? Uh, when I was like in high school, like that's I've, really for a long time. I'm like, I want to see what they're going to follow it up with, and I want to see what they're going to lead into the last song with. Wow! Because I, I just just a weird thing. I love it actually. I like um, that. Usually, um, usually the second song on albums are really really strong. Just check that out. 
it's it's amazing hmm. what how it and some of that's marketing and whatnot but um yeah th- you're right this is a good song to end the album with um and and again it's just it's just more more of the theme of Lennon and you know he got part of this from a Elvis Presley song you know he's a huge Elvis fan you're right um they were in all of Elvis yeah um, um I'm glad they liked him <laughs> I, yeah i just don't really care too much but um you know and again it's uh you know it's kind of a country style ride a little bit um, some but, country influence but not not like um you know not like what goes on like that one or anything yeah or, it's uh, pretty heavy on that yeah but um if you think about it though I, they, they love this song on the beatles channel i it, it comes on all the time it's just yeah, I've heard it a lot on there. It comes on all the time. Um, but, so. you know, I just thought of this. If you think about what's to come after this, there's not as many as the country songs. No, no. This is kind of the end of it. No, that definitely, that definitely calms down. Even the Ringo songs aren't country western anymore. Right, uh, yeah. I think, um, I, think, I think Paul would still do them if he could but knew that they had to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if, if, if Paul snuck anything else like that in later. And we're going to cover those albums, so we'll get to talk about it then. Um, hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, I think this, this, this sort of Carl Perkins influenced sort of deal kind of goes away now. Yeah, they they get it out of their system, and which is good. I mean, there, it it made some really good songs, but uh, yeah, I'm just it. It's a big transition point. They they're getting away from that. Yeah, and in the next album, they're getting a lot of more psychedelic stuff. Right. Well, cool, man. That's wow, we made it. That's Rubber Soul. Great album. It, it it really is. Um dude, thanks for coming on and and, and 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 getting this whole Beatles thing started. So I guess the next time you're around we'll hit up Revolver. Oh man, I can't wait. And um we'll just go from there. I okay. Mean, um this has been awesome. Um I hope hope all y'all out there enjoy this. Um I would totally encourage you. If you've gotten this far, definitely go listen to the album for oh like, man. like three or four times in a row because it's really short and you know kind of kind of get some of these songs in your head. It's only like thirty-four minutes or right. something. Right? Yeah, that's easy. Uh, yeah. So if you stuck with us this long, longest podcast so far, by the way. Oh really? Yeah, we're almost at the two. Well, hours. that's not a surprise. I like to talk. No, this is that's great. It's <laughs> super great. Um, but anyway, yeah, everybody. Um, you know where to check me out at. I'm on Facebook, uh, Audio Biography. Just put in your little search bar. You can get me on Twitter, Audio Bio PC. If you want to hit me on Twitter, uh, my personal account, it's um, That Real Richie. You can find me there on Instagram, too. The website is audiobiopc.com, and you can listen there. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen on Overcast or uh, Spotify, anywhere you get us, uh, get your podcast, you can listen. So, uh, for me and Clint, thank you for listening. Check you out next time. Peace.
Vision.